extratime.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. Hello and welcome to the extratime.ie sportscast. I'm your presenter, Gareth O'Reilly, and in studio with me today is extratime.ie reporter Brian Fitzgerald. On today's show, we have Galway United player Poor Cunningham, former player and now pundit Stuart Byrne, and Finn Harps marksman Kevin McHugh. So, Pork, thanks very much for coming on to the Extra Time.ie sportscast. Uh, cheers, no problem. Uh, glad to join you. So, um, yeah, just first um, to start off with a, a good win there through to the uh, semi-finals of the EA Sports Cup now. It's, it, twice you've beaten Bowes in the past few days. You must be pleased with that. Ah, uh, yeah, we're very pleased, now, to be honest. Great team performance last Friday night. Beating three goals wasn't ideal, but we did score five at home, which not many teams have, but... We were very happy to get the win at the end of the day. I yeah, and again last night. You scored in that game as well. Um, you must be pleased with the fact you're getting a good few starts this season and scoring goals as well. Yeah, I am. I'm very pleased. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy Tommy's had the faith in me, giving me the chance, and sure, you never know what could happen yet. And, and Park, you look at the league table at the moment, and you know Galway and I are sitting sixth at the moment. So there's the top five, and and Galway are, I suppose, best of the rest at the moment. Uh, are you happy with how the season's gone and is, is is that kind of what you're pitching for or is it just a case of consolidate your place in the Premier Division this season um, well to be honest we kind of set out a goal at the start of the season let's, uh, the season let's surprise everyone like and we kind of have surprised everyone no one kind of expected us to be up where we are we're picking up points against teams that it really shouldn't be like last Friday night I'd say it was a surprise to a lot of people but our mind factor going into the game was to get points and come out leaving the game with three points and be happy with our performance we're very happy, and uh, yeah, we're. I think we're a surprise team. Not many teams. We're not scared of many teams like there is the top four clubs and that are the big clubs and the teams that are hard to play against. But other than that, I think we're up there with the best. Yeah, and in terms of making a step up from the first division, how have you found that step up in standard? And has anything surprised you? For, you know, making the step up. Um, uh, not really. It's a big step up to be fair now. I must say, like the tempo of the games is very intense, you don't have much time in the ball, you're under pressure a lot, but I do really enjoy playing them and it's the experience that I love really. Yeah, and, and playing against the likes of Cork and Dundalk, there's some fantastic players on those teams, um, it's easy to see why they're at the top of the league. Um, I, I suppose you're very, you're very young yourself and really showing a maturity that's beyond your years at the moment, you, you must be pleased to have broken into the first team setup so soon. Yeah, I am, I'm very pleased now, as I said, like Tommy gave me the chance against Limerick, gave, gave me my first start and I did all right and was happy enough for my performance and he's kind of believed me since then. I've started uh, games regularly, I've scored in a few games now lately and I'm kind of very pleased but like, when you play the Irish against the Dundalk and Cork and Shamrock Rovers even, they're all very, very good size, they're well trained, you can tell they're very top professionals and that's what we're aiming to be. Yeah, and just you signed your first professional contract at the start of the year um, so I presume the uh, the mood around the, the mood around the camp at the moment is, is pretty positive one as well that you're um, you're in there day in day out and, and enjoying it. Yeah, uh, everyone loves it. Everyone, it's a great team bond between all the lads. Like this serious group of lads there. Everyone gets along with each other. There's no there's no hatred towards anyone. Like everyone is your friend at the end of the day. Like it's the team we all play for and we all want to achieve something together. And and Paul, if you look at the the season so far, you know, and and despite doing so well and having. 15 points so far you know there has been at the start of the season a couple of red cards a couple of suspensions so are you maybe even a little disappointed that you don't have more points on the table at this stage uh, yeah in fairness we, we wanted more points from the first round of games and we played the first few games of the season and just 
just wasn't working for us. The decisions were going against us. Uh, the performances seemed to be okay, but like it just we we're picking up red cards at bad times. And like we look at games like Longford at home, we went one 0 up, then we picked up an unfortunate red card, and it just looked like we threw away three points that day. But at the end of the day, like we're we're starting to come good now, and performances were three on, three on the bounce now, and winning, and like you never know what could happen again on Friday night. So hopefully the wins keep coming and the performances stay as good as they are. And, and is discipline something that you've looked at, you know, when training and something that Tommy has spoken to you? Because it's, it's, the red card seemed to have stopped the last couple of games somewhat. Ah, yeah, we have looked at discipline. Like, we knew ourselves, like, some of the red cards were kind of questionable. Maybe, like, maybe is it a red card or not? But, like, at the same time, like, we just haven't been as lackadaisical in our play. Like, and because the red cards have really been just lackadaisical in our play and no one went to play and no one not went to play with the ball. But we know ourselves now, like, we're becoming a better group and starting to understand each other a lot more so we're picking up results and everyone's happy at the club yeah and then just to move away from the league for a moment or two you were um, you were called up to the some of the underage um, Irish teams in the past that must have uh, that must be some experience that you take with you yeah it is uh, I was called up at the Irish school so I was in the Irish under 17 and uh, yeah it was an experience I really enjoyed like it was very tough standard back then like I was only playing with uh, Murphy United my lo- uh, local goal club and it was there was some difference from playing with Murphy United going up and playing with the top dub players and their understanding of football is a lot better than, to be honest, mine was. And it was a great great understanding for me and I liked it a lot. And, you know, there has been a history of players in the League of Ireland getting called up to the under-21 squad, you know, and so that it's definitely a league that's watched by uh, the under-21 management. So is that maybe an ambition of yours over the over the next short while to maybe get noticed? Uh, yeah, I just want to keep performing with goal and then hopefully you never know what could come out of it like if an Irish under twenty one call up is there. Hopefully, I get it. Just never know what could come from it. I hope to hope to God though I can represent my country sometime. Yeah, and uh, you played with Ryan Manning, I'm sure, for a, a small bit um, last year as well. He he's doing pretty well over the water for himself now. That must be something that you're eyeing up as well. Ah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I know Ryan. I played with Ryan for three years in Murphy United, and then we both moved to Go United, and like we had a great relationship in Murphy. So we did. Uh, we scored goals. We set set each other up with a good relationship between each other, and. Uh, like I've I've been talk, in contact with him, so I am a good bit still. Like, and I'm still good friends with him. Like, and I'm delighted from the way he's going over there, and couldn't be more happier. And uh, I hope someday maybe myself can get the chance too. Yeah, hopefully so. And um, then just to talk um, bit, a bit about Eamon DC Park as well. The, there's been some decent crowds at Galway this year. Um, I suppose the chairman's always looking for more crowds, though. How have they been um, in your eyes? Ah, to be honest, the supporters are twelve men. Like. It's, it's it's not a pity. I agree. Like there is, it is a pity there's not more coming to watch because we are a local group. A lot of us are local players, and we're all giving our hearts to play for that club. And it's kind of really showing the last few performances that we have kind of started picking up results. And there's a lot of heart towards the end of the games, and we drive it home. Like, and it's just a pity there's not more coming to watch. But like the guys that do come to watch fair play to them, like it's a credit to their 12th man. They drive us home and tough. Like when it's tough moments of the game, 15, 10 minutes left to go, like they come in and behind their backs, start chanting their names, get us going again, like it's great to have and something we really appreciate every day. And, and you know, if you look at uh, the fans that do come in, they have been a bit spoiled this season so far from entertainment because I don't know if you realise, but Eamon DC Park has seen more goals than any other stadium in Ireland so far this season, so in terms of, of value for money on a Friday night, it's it's one of the hottest tickets in town in Galway, isn't it? Uh, it is indeed, yeah, like Last Friday night, I'd say anyone that was there will tell you it was a, it was, it was worth millions more than it was actually worth the match ticket. Like it was a cracking game; it had everything in it. it had penalties, red cards, 
had goals, eight goals, like it was an unbelievable game. Like name DC is a pitch that we want to just make our own fortress and get start getting results and start putting in performances. And if we start picking up points there, you never know what could happen. And then, as we were saying with earlier, the um, the A Sports Cup clearly is something that you're you're looking at in the club as well. But the FAI Cup starts up now pretty soon. You'll be entering against North End United. Um, probably a team that you've never played before as well. It, it's something that you want to probably go on a bit of a run as. Ah oh, yeah, we'd love a good cup run. Like we're in the A Sports Cup semi final now. Like, and it's between us, ourselves, Dundalk, and the two fixtures on tonight. Like there is, it is a lot of the top teams left, and ourselves really like. But and we don't fear anyone who we get. Like we don't really mind. But we would love, love a run, a good cup run, and the FAI Cup. I've never played now against North End, but we love a good cup run in that as well. And then I suppose you know. Look to Friday, and, and it's a, a big game against Drogheda United, isn't it? And it's, I suppose, even though it's an away game, it's probably one you're looking for three points from, is it? Ah, it is indeed, yeah. Ah, we're going to go to Zindok, same mentality each week, looking for a good performance and picking up three points. Like, it is going to be tough. Like, our Drogheda have been all right at home. They have picked up a good few points, to be fair to them. But, like, we're going to go up there with the same mentality. We're three wins on the bounce now. We're hitting a bit of form. So, hopefully, it'll stay, stay going on Friday night. Okay, well, Pork, thanks very much for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Cheers. Extratime.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. That took us through the long walk of the day. And so now on the Extratime.ie sportscast, we're delighted to be joined by Stewie Byrne. You're very welcome on. Thanks, guys. So um, you've, you've had quite a playing career um, a good few years ago now. Bows, Longford, Shells, Pats... Um, among some of the teams that you lined out for, they must be fond memories for you. Yeah, they are. Yeah, no, they certainly are. Um, the one thing you do uh, when you when you retire is, you know, you look back. You, you know, you tend to obviously look back on an awful lot on on, on different things. And um, I was always a kind of a um, a memories kind of a guy. I, I look back at you know different elements of my career. Um, you know, not just at shells, and obviously there's some of the the, the league, the trophies, the medals, um, and the European stuff. But you know, the things at, at Longford as well that that I would have enjoyed an awful lot, and um, even at Pats as well. Some some um, some wonderful European games at Pats, um, especially uh, Stelbrook Arrest, uh, to name but a few. But you know, yeah, yeah, I do, I do tend to look back at the shells thing an awful lot, and, um, because I do feel that uh, we were. We were just so so close to a a monumental achievement in in, in two thousand and four, especially. Um, and I suppose when you do retire, you do reflect an awful lot on things. I probably I probably at the time probably um, didn't think too much about it, but certainly when I look back at it now and and, and you look at what's happened since, it was it was a it was a wonderful achievement at the time. And it's an awful shame that maybe some people didn't probably give it. You know, although a lot of people did, some people didn't sort of. Give it, um, give it the credit that it was probably worth. But um, no, I do. Yeah, it, it, it's it's nice to look back. That's true. There's, you know, there's lots of players who will go their whole career without winning a medal. In 2003, 2004, 2006 with Shells, and then again in 2007 with Trotter. You know, yeah. that's 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 a lot of medals. You you must have a, a big mantelpiece at home. It was. It was a great. It was a. It was. It, it, funny enough, and now it was all. It was pretty much all compacted into about five years. Um, if you think about it, so um, it was it was it was wonderful. But it, it's amazing when, when it when it happens because you do. There's no doubt about it. As a, as a sports person and as a, as a professional footballer as well, that 
um, you know, while while it was happening, you don't you don't you don't really tend to concentrate um, on you know, let's say the league the league is just won. You do genuinely start to think about the next one that you want to win, and it, it was incredible. It was like um, I was lucky enough to win uh, four league titles in, in five years. Um, you know, when I won, when we won the league draw, that was my fourth in in in, in five years, and I saw all I was thinking that was the next one, and the next one, and so on. And um, you do kind of get into that that frame of mind, um, and I, I think that's important as well. If, if, if you do want to have success, that you do have to be, there has to be, there is a certain mindset that goes with it. Um, but it was, yeah, it was an incredible. It was an incredible five years, and there's no doubt about it. Um, and as well as that, there was also there was you know a lot of European success, not just with Shells, the obvious ones, but even even with Drada as well. Actually, you know the, the the Dynamo Kiev game in particular, where we, to be quite honest, we, we should have we should have went through. Um, when you when you look at the away game and the opportunities that we had in the away game, and a little bit of luck just didn't fall our way with the chance that Adam Hughes had with about five minutes to go. But um, that would have been an incredible achievement. But yeah, it was it was, it was a real whirlwind five years. It was it was kind of um, I was a late developer in the way, in the fact that I didn't sign for Shells until I was twenty four. Well, maybe you can call it late. I don't know. But um, it was it was sort of building for a few years uh, with Long uh, with Longford, and then I had a, a whirlwind five five maybe six years, and then it was sort of it kind of it, it petered off after that. So. Um, Certainly, for any young footballers out there at the moment, a bit of success, you know, enjoy every minute of it because it, 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 it's, you know, looking back now, it's, it flies and it's, it's just, it's so quick, it goes by so quick. And Stuart, when you consider the league, I suppose over the last fifteen, twenty years, you know, it's really only Shelburne who have dominated for any spell longer than two or three years. Sligo look like they might go on a run of a couple of seasons. Cork City had won the league in '05. You know, there was the Bulls team. In '09, who were seemed invincible, and as I suppose yeah. Dundalk last season. How would you how would you rank the the Shells team compared to those others? And, and I suppose where would this year's Dundalk team compare to to some of those great teams? Well, um, I would be biased, um, but I've I suppose before I even played in, in League of Ireland, I did watch League of Ireland. I, I was a fan as well, um, and like, there's no doubt about what, what you say that the, over the last twenty years, twenty five years, like a quarter of a decade, Shelbourne are the most successful club. There's no doubt about that. Um, and the record speaks for themselves. And it's such a shame that the club finds itself in the predicament that it's in now. Um, people very, very quickly forget. But certainly the team that I played in, um, the big... I I think, in my opinion, is, is, is definitely the best team that this league has seen. Uh, you know, probably... In that in that twenty five year spell, de- well, I would say almost definitely in that twenty five year spell, um, people have always, you know, they've always tried to compare uh, older teams to current teams and so on, so so forth, and you know, people would always would constantly talk to us, let's say, about the, the famous Shamrock Rovers four in a row team, and it's very difficult to compare, I think, both both sides because um, the quality of of a let's say the quality of any given side at at any one time is kind of relative to the to the quality of team that's around them, I suppose. So it's difficult for me to kind of um, pass uh, pass an opinion on that Shamrock Rovers team because I, I can't really judge 
um, what the kind of quality of the opposition was like. But certainly when we, you know, in 2003, 04, 05, that period of time, we had effectively five or six full-time teams in the league. And I think the fact that we achieved what we did um, domestically and in Europe, um, I think that was quite. I think that's quite significant. Um, so certainly on the basis of that, I, I think that that side is probably one of the best sides that 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 this this country has ever seen, yeah. um, and probably ever will see. Um, now, in saying that, um, I wrote an article in the Mirror there quite recently in my column about just I, I suppose it's like about about the whole nostalgia thing and looking back and. You know, we we do we do we do kind of fall into this habit of kind of you know, oh, we weren't as good as that team back then, and so on and so forth. And I think we also have to be realistic, and you know, we have to be we, we need to be fair to to to, to um uh, the current sides. And this Dundalk team, I have to say, you now some of the football I've seen them playing, especially when I I went down to see them when they played Cork down in Cork, um, and I was really really impressed by them. Um, I think they have the potential. I think that's the best way. I, the best way I, I can put it. I think they have the potential to really. Um, they're certainly the best team I've seen in the last. I'd say in the last five six years. Um, I suppose their big challenge is actually keeping players. Whereas there, there might have been a bit more money back in the league, you know, ten years ago, where shells could keep some of you. Whereas I suppose the big challenge for Stephen Kenny is, you know, he lost Pat Hoven in the off season. Hanging on to Richie Towle past this yeah, season, and yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. That will always be a challenge. There's no doubt about it. That will always be a challenge. And I think, that there, I think, the re, probably the reason why we didn't lose players during their period of time. Um, you say two things because believe, believe me, there were there were plenty. There was plenty of interest from crosses. Like I mean, there was plenty of players that um, would have had the opportunity to kind of go and play um, in, like I say, League One or Championship or whatever the case may be. But I think our we bought into the Shelburne project. I suppose if you want to put it like that, we we, genu- we genuinely thought as a squad that we could crack Europe. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. We did. I mean, we kept that team, that squad together for three, four, even five years, and we just we just built and built, and um, we bought into it. And we really, really thought we could we could crack Europe, um, and just kind of maybe probably fell 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 short um, at, at the. At the, at the right time, um, but I, I, I can see I can see comparisons with this Dundalk team. I really do think that the players are are buying into um, they're buying into Stephen Kenny and their um, and his staff. You know, the, the, and everything that comes with it. Yeah, and 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 with that as well. Just I, I know there's been lots of talk about a different style, maybe from the League of Ireland and to what's expected in Europe or or what teams need to do in Europe. But looking ahead to Dundalk, it's it's not too far away from the draw now, and surely Stephen Kenny will be putting some sort of plan together as to how they might play in Europe. Do you think that their style of play actually suits the European way? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it certainly does. I think that the one thing the, um, the big experience they'll obviously have is that you know they they. they they played. Um, they obviously played in Europe last year um, together as a group of players. You know, this group of players were were, they were effectively all together last year when they played had to split. Um, and of course, they bet had to split away. You know, we shouldn't forget that either. Um, and but for the but for the home performance, they probably would have went through. But I think they would have learned from that. Um, I think the one thing you do have to learn in Europe is that it's. Uh, you know, it's a different kettle of fish where you're playing against. You're, you're playing against real, real quality teams. Um, 
and you know they've got so much quality that, that they will literally punish any mistake you made. I mean, you see what happened, what happened Pat's um, against Legio Warsaw was in in, in, um, yeah. in Tala. They were torn apart. They were torn asunder because that's the quality that that's what these teams do. They um, you know they literally punish any mistake that you make. So. You do have to carry an element of discipline in, into the game. You do have to go in with a game plan, um, and you know you have to have certain players in your team that are willing to sacrifice maybe their natural game to kind of get a result. Um, I think that's the best way to explain. It. Now, there's nothing to say you can't go and play. Um, ball retention is huge, um, and the biggest thing is taking opportunities when they come. And we probably didn't do that against Deportivo. We had. You know, we had good opportunities in the home game and in the away game, and that's pro- you know that was the thing that really done us. If you look at the you look at the the, the away game, the Deportivo game, they literally they 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 literally scored every opportunity that came their way. So that that's a huge thing. So it's 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 quality at its highest. It's it's really it's there's no real room for errors, um, and you got to take opportunities when you co- when yeah. when they come your way. But there's no doubt about that that that. that it, it's on the horizon for them now, and they'll be starting to get into that frame of mind of of thinking about Europe and, and what way they're going to approach it. Yeah, and, and Dundalk have showed a, a certain ruthlessness in front of goal this season, which which you know allude to that is going to be necessary. But they're also doing, you know, you mentioned the game in Turner's Cross, and they were in the faces of the Cork City players any time any of them got the ball. Um, yeah. But I suppose looking around the league at the moment, there's there's Dundalk who are running away at the top at the moment, but. <laughs> Elsewhere in the league, is there anybody that's impressed you this season? Um, I've seen a, a few games of different teams, and there's no one that's really stood out on a consistent basis to me, anyway. No, I'd agree with that. I think there's, there's no doubt about that Dundalk are consistently the best team. Um, you know, the, the the intensity that that they play at every week that, and the quality that they that they that they have at the moment. Um, they really are the best team in the league, but they're also they, they they have that consistency with it as well. So they're doing it week in, week out, and then even in the game against Derry just last week, when they were probably struggling to, um, you know, to get that goal, they they, they found some way to get it. So again, a, a very good attribute of a of a of a top team. But um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the the, the, the I, I do think the quality is better this year than it was last year, um, and again, even more so than the year before, because this year. Um, I think you've got you've got definitely four teams anyway up that top end that are really kind of you know pushing for honours, pushing for European places um, with Cork, Pats, Shamrock Rovers, and and Dundalk, of course. So I think that will make it interesting. Um, I think it's usually important that we have you know we do have three or four top teams that are pushing all the time because um, I think too often over over the last few years it's been kind of a two horse race maybe even a one horse race and it's it's had a huge effect on on quality um, and attendances I suppose and which, attendances yeah. absolutely because no doubt about it and that's a good point as well because you know when you look at the you know the spread of teams this year it's it's it really is a national league because you, you know because you, you, you've got your Dundalk and you've got the two Dublin clubs in Pats and Rovers and then you have Cork there's no doubt about it that, that that's had a big effect on the interest levels um this year and I think attendances are, are, are responding to that as well as that I think also um, I found anyway this year anyway at least um, that sometimes it can take it can take you know it can take four or five league games before teams really start to get going and for the quality level really starts to kind of, uh, go up a couple of notches but this year I found you know 
the, the quality was was there right from the start. Um, some really really good games um, right from the right right from the get go, and I think that's helped as well. Um, it's really kind of kept that interest level there. But no doubt about it, what you said is really is really important. The, the spread of teams across the country um, is is hugely important. So then just to bring you back um, to the actual league that's going on at the moment, we see Limerick down the bottom. They're really struggling. Um, Martin Russell seems to have really um, got his work uh, cut out for him in the in the coming month or two um, to try to pull the results around and get a victory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially when you consider the, the results that Bray and Sligo picked up last weekend, it's it's put that gap between them. You think it's, I think because they're, they're five points adrift now um, and really struggling. I've seen them playing against Bowes in Daily Mount. Um, I think it was just a week, uh, a week and a half ago. Or, um, and uh, look, for spells, they were decent in the game. You know, Martin will, I suppose, will always uh, promote um, a, a passing style of game, um, and they've got players in their team that can certainly do that. But I just think at the moment they need to really knuckle down and just go back to the basics. They look. Defensively, they just look like they're, they, they, they're going to concede at any time, and especially from set pieces, from corners, they just look like, uh, you know, they don't look like they're aggressive enough from set pieces, and they're conceding far too many goals, uh, you know, just, just to state the obvious. But the um, the club is, I suppose, it's going through a, a kind of small, it's going through a little bit of a transition period itself because it's changed ground. Um, yeah, they need to get into markets field fast. Absolutely, don't they? they do. I think that I think that'll give them. I think that will. Uh, it gives them a, a bit of a boost, and there's no doubt about it. They need they need to get in there quick, because the reality is they could be all they could be relegated already by the time that that, that they can get in there and kind of use that to their to, to their advantage. It's very difficult for any team when you know you're not staying in a particular ground to kind of make that your home, and um, you know it, it, it um, it'll almost feel like an away game to them um, when they do play at home. So it's difficult for them, and there's no doubt about it. But they really do. They, I suppose Martin may may need to have he's going to have to maybe change that kind of style of play um, until they start picking up results. Um, and then obviously the, the, you know the, the issue over the, their home ground is is a, is a big factor. Yeah, I think they they definitely need a good news story fast on on Shannon's side. But I suppose that kind of brings me to ne- the next question. We look at the the league in total, and you know a lot of people are quick to criticise the FAI. You know people are constantly bringing up Delaney's salary, but. There is a lot that clubs can be doing for themselves, isn't there? You know, you look at the likes of Cabin Teeley and they're marketing the club very well at the moment. They're getting decent crowds for a first division and so there still is a huge onus on the clubs themselves, isn't there? Uh, there is. and um, I think, I'm of the opinion that we should, uh, this league should be um, completely free of the FAI. I, I, I don't see what the FAI can really bring to it anymore. Um, I think what they've done is maybe um, obviously through the difficult, the difficult years of of oh eight oh nine um, two thousand ten with the, the whole financial difficulties. Uh, they've they've I think they've the one thing the one positive thing I think they've done probably the only thing they've done is they've they've uh, kind of brought in sort of um, criteria that you know forces clubs not to kind of spend more than than, than what they should be doing and that, that's that's a good and that's the only positive thing they brought to it. I think that's come in now um, I would be of the opinion that we should have some sort of a Premier League style authority that should be running the league and it's one focus is on the league itself is on the you know the, the electricity league and 
their that their sole job would be to market the league, kind of bring in funding, whatever the case may be. Um, I think clubs have proved over, especially the last couple of years, last year or so, that they're, you know, they're well capable of marketing themselves because. I, I personally, I, I've started to see a bit of a shift now um, in the quality, the whole marketing of football, at the t- of top-tier football in this country, and the overall sort of, um, I suppose, the overall product that you're looking at. I've seen it. I, I personally think it's starting to move in, in the right direction. And purely, that is off the back of the work that the football clubs have done themselves. Nothing to do with the FEI. They've, they've done nothing to promote the league nothing to promote players um, you know so I, I think it's come to the time now where the football clubs especially the top clubs need to get together and really really have a look at this because the, I don't think I think it'll, if we continue to go where we are now it'll only go so far I certainly think we need to look at now a um, like I say a Premier League style Authority taking over the running of the league and trying to push it on to the next level because the FEI, um, they, do, they don't have the funding. I don't think they have the interest. I, I actually don't think they have the um, the knowledge really to kind of take this league to, um, to the next level. So uh, certainly, I think the top clubs need to have a look at that. Yeah, because there are some very good people in in you know the top clubs and. You know, any time you hear them speak, I know there's people like John O'Sullivan who's been involved with Cork City and Limerick, and there's people that have been about the league that that you know they really do have the best interests of the league apart. I think in heart, our best interests of the league to heart. I think there needs to be a more collaborative breakaway from the FAI, and, and I think something like that. And I suppose that kind of brings brings us to you know there has been mooted of a, a shells bows ground share. Do you? Do you feel that there are too many stadiums in Dublin and as, as an ex-player of both, do you think something like that could help contribute to a better standard? I'm... Um, the problem I, I see with shells and bows um, is actually... Is the G, it's probably the, and actually, to be, to, to be quite honest, um, Pat, the grounds are in the wrong place. Yeah. They're, they're just geographically in the wrong place. Um Dublin has changed two, like I mean, tenfold in the last twenty years. It's a different, it's a different city. Um, obviously, there's been a, a huge sort of, uh, you know, move from the centre of the city to the outskirts, and we, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen how Tala has has, has been developed, and we've seen how other um, suburban areas have been developed. And when you look at, you know, when you look at the infrastructure around Talca Park and around Dalymount and around Richmond Park. They're just not suitable to modern day football. Um, you know, it's very, very difficult to get car parking. Um, it's very, very difficult to uh, the pitches themselves, with the exception of Daily Mount. Uh, the pitches are very, very tight. You know, you can't expand them, and uh, there's really, there's really a noose around our neck now, and and they can't really do anything about it. So, uh, I was always uncomfortable with the shells. I was always uncomfortable with the shells and both sharing. Um, and I was even more uncomfortable with the fact that they were going to share in Daily Mount. Uh, I always thought it might have been a better idea if they could put in some sort of a, um, you know, look, have a look at other options for both clubs. Uh, maybe you know, looking at looking at the outskirts, looking at that 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 model that Shamrock Grovers have uh, employed in, you know, kind of hooking up with a a large um, suburban area like Tala, 
close to the M50. You know, a very, very good infrastructure in the area. Believe it or not, Cork, Turner's Cross is quite similar. It's very, very close to the ring road. Um, it's not it's not kind of suffocated by the city. It's on the outskirts. People may, may not realise that. And that they they benefit to to a certain extent from that as well. But shells and bows, I, I I would have thought that if they were go- if they were going to ground share, it would be one. It would be great to see if there were other alternatives um, uh, on the outskirts in that N50 area, um, like the likes of Ballymoon or Blanchardstown or um, you know dare I dare I say it even Swords. But um, I just think that the Daily Mount. I think it's had its day. I I, I also I also feel that. Daily Mount has skipped a generation. Um, it just seems to me like the eighties and the nineties. It was just it, it didn't. It just didn't seem to kind of generate those big crowds, and people have lost touch with it. And I don't know. I I I I just feel that it's it's kind of it's had its time. It's had its day. It's very very dated. Um, it's also in a, in a kind of a very very dense um, residential area, and I think developing it could be a huge headache for the football club or for whoever goes ahead and, and does it. So I, I will be of the opinion, and um, like I say, um, of looking at other alternative, newer ideas. Okay, well, Stewie, thanks very much for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time. No problem, lad. Extratime.ie League of Ireland football is our passion. And so now we're delighted to be joined on the Extra Time Time.ie Sportscast by Kevin McHugh of Finn Harps. You're very welcome on. Thank you, John. So you've had a you've had a long career and a number of clubs, but you're back at Finn Harps at the moment, and you're just sitting high at a te- uh, high on top of the table. Um, you must be happy with how the season started. Yeah, um, I can't say it's been really unexpected because we've all had a good pre-season and we showed kind of glimpses in parts of last year. And we could probably push on and keep going, you know, if we kept the same group and added two or three. And that's exactly what has happened. And long, long may it last, you know. Yeah, and you've been at uh, Derry Linfield as well, and you started off at Harps as well. Was there any particular reason you decided to come back? Um, I could, I could have went elsewhere and live in Irish League when I was when I had to say I wanted to leave Linfield. But to me, it was only one plus one to go, and I was back, back. Well, I call it home, you know, back home to St. Harps, where I felt most comfortable at. Um, and I spent most of my, my best years there, so it was just a natural decision, you know. And Kevin, at the moment, you know, five games at home, 100% record, and you're unbeaten on the road as well. So what, what's different this year with the Finn Harps team that has them unbeatable in the first division? Is it the standard of the opposition you're playing against, or what are you doing right this year? No, totally not. Um, I would say, like, well, actually, and to be fair, Waterford probably put it up this more than anybody did in the, in the home game two weeks ago. And um, was very surprised to see their manager leaving because they played the best football we've seen most of the year, you know. Um, you should hear starting to kick in the gear now. Wexford, you're so strong. There's really no bloody easy game in this league. Um, we we learned that lesson against Cavan Tiddy where we were kind of in cruise control, one nil up. But to be fair to them, they never lay down and they kept going to the 85th minute and they got a deserved equaliser. So there's a, the standard's decent and there's no easy games. But in our corner, we've we've got a stronger squad this year, a more hungrier squad, and there's genuine genuine uh, competition for places which to me it's, it's a no-brainer 
simple thing in football. If you have competition, then you're going to get players performing. And there's no there's no rocket science to that. Yeah, and this is uh, this is going to be your last year um, playing in the League of Ireland, anyway. So I suppose you're sitting uh, sitting top of the first division now. Is there any kind of a bit of a feeling, or maybe a regret at announcing that and not being able to go back to the Premier Division? Well, that's that's one thing I said that like obviously this was my last season. Now I didn't foresee us having such a great start and and possibly being in the the hunt this early on for for trying to go and uh, get promoted. But I've really spoke to the boys about it. If if we were to get promoted, I would definitely, if Ollie obviously wanted me, I would definitely hang around for another year, you know, but um, that was the decision made back in pre-season, you know, but at the same time, I could I could change my mind very quickly, you know. And then, then just with that whole retirement thing, you're probably you're probably looking at a different doing your coaching badges at the moment, maybe going into a coaching role, even even sticking around Finn Harps maybe in the underage setup as well. <clears throat> well, um, the, the Finn Harps Academy is kind of growing legs now. They're going up with Trevor Scanlon and Declan Boyle involved there. And now Joe Boyle's coming back involved in the 19th. So there's, there's a really strong um, group of past players who've got all their qualifications, who's looking after that end of things. I'm, I'm involved heavily with the Donegal School Boys. Um, so I, I would foresee myself continuing that for the next couple of years. And then, uh, while I'm playing, you know. And yeah, just with uh, with regards to then, with regards to finally retiring, it, it will happen in the next few years, whether it happens at the end of this year or not. But has it been? We often hear players talk about maybe the aches and pains are getting worse, the recovery time is taking longer. Were any of those things at the forefront of your mind? No, um, I was always, I always felt I was an an energy player. If I if I felt energetic and the energy levels were right and correct, then I know I could perform no matter what game it was or where it was. You know, as long as my energy levels were, and that's what I'm doing probably better this year than any other year and managing the energy levels and there's certain runs like if we've been in maybe a kind of Boston session on a Monday night maybe I would just I would do maybe 50% of it if I felt I could do more I would do more if I felt I didn't want to do any I would just step out and I'm just kind of keeping my keeping my energy levels topped up for the, the Friday night and it's it's, it's it's kind of working so far you know and I'm doing gym work obviously and obviously I, keep, I like to keep myself in shape at night but I think that works out. I think uh, it, that keeps the hunger. And I think, Kevin, though, no matter what age you are, you know, a, a trip from Bally Buffet down to Cove, like you had last weekend, is going to tire any player, isn't it? You must have been pleased to come away from there with three points. Yeah, great. It was great three points. I actually had a drive down because I had the school boys on Saturday morning. So uh, I had to fly down the road afterwards um, to, to meet the boys in Foot Island. But come here, we... We, we were absolutely buzzing. I think we, before the game, somebody says you give you a point because there's no doubt about it. Players don't want to say, or managers don't want to say that it's, that it's a disadvantage, but it's definitely, when you're travelling up and down in the one day, you're, it takes up maybe 10, 20% off your energy levels, sitting on a bus and just eating the food and just not getting enough kind of blood going through your legs when you're walking about. You're just stuck in a bus for maybe five hours constant, so it does take away from your game, but we were absolutely buzzing to get out of three points, you know. Yeah, because I suppose Cove have been resurgent in the last couple of weeks, you know, Stephen Henderson has done a good job. I think that was, uh, I think was it only the first or second game they've lost under under him. But, you know, there is no doubt that being up in, in Bally Buffet, there is a lot of travelling to be done, and I suppose that makes your away form even more impressive that you're still unbeaten, doesn't it? Yeah, I think there's there's, a, there's definitely a good mental kind of strength better within the whole teams in this year. 
Um, there's a whole lot to go down. We we all had a team meeting, players meeting at the end of the season, things we could improve on, and how how we could tweak our kind of schedule. To not not suit us, but more or less make it better for us. Um, and the manager all on board with it, and they they agreed with some stuff, didn't agree with some stuff. So we all kind of came to a compromise, and it was seems to be working, you know, and that's a, that's a credit to LA and James, the, the management staff, they didn't throw the, the toys out of the pram, so to speak, that saying, like, these boys running the team, they actually took it on board, and this is right here, yeah, so we're happy with that, so there's a wee schedule change as well, um, there's obviously players that came back in, like Ken Gower, keeper, from Derry, um, he got a massive, massive help this year as well, so... So there's a lot of wee things that are kind of going away at the minute, you know. But there's a long, long way to go, you know. Yeah, and and with that, just looking back on, just looking back on next or last year, I should say, um, it was a bit more inconsistent, really. Um, there was some very good weeks, and then there were some very poor weeks as well, with, where there was lots of goals kind of conceded and not scored. So it, it was kind of get, about getting the consistency right, maybe that Ollie Horgan was stressing in preseason training this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, our consistency definitely wasn't there. And if you're not consistent in a football field, you're, you're not going to get what you, what you deserve. I think we're going for games more this year as well. Um, we're, we're on the front foot. We're going for games no matter what. All the home games we've gone for, all the away games, we might have started off maybe kind of reluctant to go for it, but we usually end up going for the game and end up. And we've got our rewards. I think over, a, <clears throat> over an NA league, in any sport, if you, I think if you go for every game, you'll get your setbacks, maybe every two or three games. But I think over the course of thirty games, you'll you'll come out on top, you know. Yeah, and you're, you certainly are getting the rewards because already this season, Finn Harps have won more games than they did in the whole of last season. So I, I suppose is is it too early to dare to dream about a return to the top flight? Ah, yeah, definitely. We're not we're not silly enough to even talk about that because we've seen it from the past. You've, we've had Longford in this league for three years, and within a couple of years, mm-hmm. the Angle Shelburne Cup, and they were 14, 15 points clear at one stage. So, at that type of league, you can go on a, a good run very handy, but you can also go on a bad run, you know. And we're just fighting and to the nail to keep the bad run away. And we're, we're obviously anybody that's going to be this is going to have to make it bloody hard work, you know. And then um, just with your role in, in the team this year, it's probably different to what it has been in the past few years. It's a good few substitute appearances, and as you say yourself, you're stepping in and out of training as needs be, maybe passing on that piece of experience that you've learnt over the past number of years. Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. Um, there's, it's funny as the, as the years go on, you can just things seem a lot easier on the pitch, and they, like every every player I've played along with, know that they've got, they've all said that. They wish they had their did that head when they were twenty, you know. <coughs> and I'm no different. When I come on, I can see the picture of things happening. It definitely helps, you know. And Kevin, you know, you, you play for Finnaps now. You played for Derry, and you've also played in the Irish League. Um, in the last week, you know, there was the announcement that the Santa Cup isn't going ahead this this <coughs> year. Is that something that uh, is that a competition you'd like to see grow, or, or what are your thoughts on the Santa Cup or these cross border competitions? Strange one. When it, when I started at the start, I was um, I just joined Derry and in 2006, and it, it really was a big thing back then. And I, to me, it was a brilliant competition, especially playing the big games against Glenfield and Glen Torrens with massive crowds. So the potential was there. For some reasons, it's just lost. It's just lost at the age, and teams 
whether it was being Irish League, they've snubbed it, you know, so I don't, I don't know where it's going. I would like to see it come back and maybe maybe kind of rejuvenate in some way, maybe restructure it. But there's, def- there's definitely a market there for an All-Ireland League, you know. And I suppose as a player, it's a competition that you know you'd you'd like to be involved in if you if you were still around when it came back, would you? Oh yeah, hundred percent. To me, whether I were playing a league cup, an EA Sports League cup, or a Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup all day long, because I I get a league cup game against Galway or Longford Town. <clears throat> we played them. We played them every other week. You get Wexford Youth. We've played them four times. Or would I rather play Linfield or Coleraine or Glen Thorne, of course? Would I rather play a different team, a different ground, a different set of fans? To me, it generates more interest. It, it makes more sense to drop maybe a League Cup and, and have the Satanta Cup, you know, and let most of the clubs get involved in it, you know? And yeah, you mentioned Derry there. You you play back um, in the noughties up in Derry, but uh, just maybe with regards to the Mark Farrenhold thing, it's 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 in the media a good bit at the moment, and it's kind of in everyone's thoughts in the League of Ireland. You're you're heavily involved in it um, as well in trying to get the money to uh, to hopefully um, get Mark the best kind of treatment. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he's not he's not he's not in good form at the minute. Um, um, it's, it's pretty hard for him because he he can see online all the help. It's from from local clubs right the way through the all the senior clubs in Ireland and further afield all the give premiership players and getting involved so it's tough for him. Um he's getting a lot of attention at the minute and he he'd love to do the kinda of reply back to people and do things but he just he can't. Um the last operation has hit him hard. Um he, he can't kinda of, you can't walk properly at the moment and his speech is gone so you just pray now that this money that we're raising for him can, can help him get him back on the mend, you know. And indeed, there has been a, a great reaction from around the country, hasn't there? So so hopefully that will make every difference and, people, and people continue to contribute, I suppose. Yeah, we were actually just talking about it last night from even the next yourselves uh, online, um, all the radio stations, the papers really have been fantastic, you know. Just uh, just as we go towards the end of this little uh, little bit, just you've played kind of up north and and in the league, but maybe just the the differences in I suppose the standards they've been much talked about. There's been many players kind of who've left actually just this past year and have gone up to the north maybe in in search of more permanent work or more better better contracts maybe. Um, do you see that it changing maybe down here in the years to come as the country's economy I suppose starts to recover and the clubs maybe have a bit more money to play with. Well, to me, um, it's a part-time league. Um, I know there's a lot of clubs that are still full-time, but the, the players at the end of the day, the players are signing off and signing on the door at the end of the year. So to me, it's not a proper full-time league. Um, maybe like I know there's certain Scandinavian countries where the government has stepped in and they fund a certain part of the wages to be able to enable people to train full-time, but I can't see that happening here. So it's a, it's a hard call. That I don't know. I couldn't. I don't really know the answer for that. You know, I think player clubs have to allow players to work as well. Can I can I build their schedule of training around the players? You know. Okay. Well, um, thanks very much for coming on, Kevin. ExtraTime.ie League of Ireland football is our passion. So Brian, we have another big weekend of League of Ireland Premier Division action. Any big games you see coming up? 
Yeah, there's uh, in particular looking at the Premier Division for the top five playing each other, and I think that's where the stories are going to be made on Friday night. First up, you've got St. Pat's hosting Dundalk in Inchicore, and I think that's going to be tight. I know St. Pat's are down in fifth at the moment, but they've only conceded two goals at home in the league this season, unbeaten at home in the league, and they're they're welcoming a Dundalk side that you could argue scraped a win against Derry City last week. So I think that that's going to be interesting. I think um, there's potential for, for points to be dropped for Dundalk. And of course, earlier this week, Pats went 120 minutes against Cork City in the League Cup. That's going to take its toll on Liam Buckley's team. It could to an extent, yes. Um, I know that he rotated his squad a bit. I think Chris Forrester was on the bench the other night. Um, so, but but then again, look, they're they're fully professionals. It's still the first half of the season. I know it's two games in quick succession, but um, I think they have the fitness to do it. Um, I mean, last week, despite my greatest efforts to to jinx Dundalk by backing them, um, they still won. So it was a bet I didn't enjoy winning. But I think this week. If you, you could get St. Pat's at just over two to one, and I think I think this could be the week that the wheels come off the chariot up, and, and it, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't phase the fact that uh, Dundalk had a three 0 victory over Pat's last time these two met. No, that was in Oriel Park, and and I think that's a different kettle of fish. Um, you know, it's a tight pitch in uh, in Inchicore. We won't mention the grass, but it's a tight pitch, and no team has won there yet this season. So why not? A St. Pat's win for me there. And of course, another big game that's happening is the game Turner's Cross, Cork City against Shamrock Rovers. Pat Fenland's side haven't been winning many games, but they haven't been losing them either. Yeah, they've kept it very tight at the back. Um, they haven't exactly been setting the league on fire this season. Um, and it's funny, a former Shamrock Rovers player said that very same thing to me yesterday. But uh, they haven't been setting the league on fire this season. And they're going down to face a Cork City side that they haven't scored against um, in the league since, in the four games since John Caulfield took took over I think it's going to be a low scoring game I think it could be nil all or either side could nick it by by one nil but I, I think this is definitely not one for uh, the purists Yeah and a, a big uh, a big negative maybe in John Caulfield's reign so far has been a, the negative style of football that many people claim that they've played he was on the podcast here, of course, a few weeks ago and, and denied that. But um, have they decided, have they maybe played a bit more of an attacking brand of football ever since that Bowes game? Yeah, I think Yeah, I think there's been a lot said about the, the negative style of play at Cork City. At the end of the day, got 26 goals in 14 games, kept eight clean sheets. Uh, you know, if you want to be entertained, go to the cinema. If you want to win the leagues, you gotta you got to grind out results. You know, Stewie Byrne mentioned earlier that, you know, maybe you don't, you know, you look back at things with nostalgia. If John Caulfield was to go win the league this season, people aren't going to talk about negative football. People are going to talk about the games they win, the clean sheets. And But, but countering that, I, I disagree. I think they haven't been playing negatively every game. They've only lost one game at home, haven't lost on the road. They play some expansive football at times. You know, you've got a front three, Carl Shepard playing on the left, Billy Dennehy on the right. They each have seven goals each in the league. It's I so I would I would very much refute the claim that that Cork City are negative. Sure, maybe if you watch them in one or two games in isolation, but I've been to seven or eight games this season, and I would I would definitely refute that. And then um, finally on that on that particular fixture, um, Danny North and Mikey Drennan can they play a front together? 
possibly they can, but they won't. I think Pat Fennin's going to go into the game with one up front, uh, one out and out striker. I think both teams are going to go into the game with one out and out striker. I think four four two is is all but dead because um, you see Dundalk playing with one up front. St. Pat's have played in the past with one up front. I think um, so. I think Mikey Drennan will get the nod. Uh, now that's not to say that that Danny North doesn't have a role to play in the game. He got a goal in the first game of the season. Had a bit of bad luck with injuries, but you know, on the pitch he can be dangerous. Um, so, regardless of which of them start or if both of them start, uh, the Cork City defence will have to be on their toes if they want to keep a ninth clean sheet. And then just looking elsewhere as well, Drogheda United and Galway United take each other on in United Park while Derry City face Sligo Rovers. Any major talking points from those games you see coming up? We had Poor Cunningham on the podcast um, earlier on in the show and they've been playing well, Galway, haven't they? They've been playing well, yes, and they've been scoring goals and I I think that game's good. There's going to be goals in that game. I think it'll be a score draw. I think Drogheda... I, th- I think Trahada, their position kind of belies them. I've seen them a couple of times, and and they have a good attitude and a good fight. Okay, maybe they lack a bit of discipline at times. Maybe they lack a bit of guile at times. Um, they're going to have a couple of suspensions, I think, after getting players sent off against Cork City. Maybe they'll have been already served. But I think there'll be goals in that game. You mentioned Derry. Then um, that's going to be tight. On Harry looking for his third win of the season. Derry looking for their fourth win of the season. Both clubs are, dare I say, too big to be where they are. Um, it would be great to see both clubs go on a, road, go on a run, push themselves up on the table, but um, no, I think I think that'll be a home win. Yeah, and it's also, it's also worth mentioning that this is the last weekend of games before the FAI Cup games kick in the following weekend. But um, going back to Bose and Bray, Dean Delaney's going to be suspended for this one, the first-choice goalkeeper. He was sent off last weekend. So um, maybe that's going to be a, a negative for Keith Long and they're going to struggle? Well, you say they're going to struggle, but they're playing at home to get to Bray Wanderers. So the Trevor Crowley effect maybe wearing off after a good win against Pats? The the Trevor Crowley effect. I don't know, are you implying that it's going to be a draw or, or what are you trying to play with the, with the Trevor Crowley effect? But I think, look, I think Bowles have done extremely well this season. Um, I'm delighted to see Bowles doing well. I think the league is all the better for having a strong Bohemians team. Um, Bray Wanderers, Crowley has come in. There's good players in Bray Wanderers, and I know Alan Matthews went out, but he left a good squad behind. There's some really good players there, and that I couldn't call that game. That could that could go either way. Um, so that, but if if you're near Daly Mount Park on Friday night, I'd certainly get along because it's, it's certainly not going to be boring. And then finally, before we wrap up. Longford Town and Limerick we ha- uh, asked Stewie Byrne earlier on in the sportscast what he thought of the Limerick situation um, do you have any further thoughts on that Martin Russell's really got a job in his hands he does he does and, they, and we, as we were saying they can't get into market fields quick enough it's it's a funny one Longford just after coming up Limerick were here last year and you know this might be a game at the start of the season that they had earmarked potentially going for three points Um I think a draw would be a disaster. Well, a disaster might be strong, but I think this is a game they certainly do not want to lose. They need to, to try and build a bit of confidence. And, and if they could get a win, it would be great to to go into the cup weekend and then into market fields on the back of, of three points. And it certainly could be the building blocks to, to try and master a, a great escape. So that wraps up this week's Extra Time.ie Sportscast. 
I would like to thank Paul Cunningham, Stuart Byrne, and Kevin McHugh. If you would like to contact the show, you can do so on Twitter at EP Sportscast or comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or the website. I'm Garrett O'Reilly. Thanks for listening. Extra time.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion.